Welcome to the Newsbusters podcast with your host, executive editor of Newsbusters, Tim Graham. Hello and welcome to the weekend. One of the things that just feels too massive to count is the amount of airtime day after day, night after night, that CNN and MSNBC expend talking about the latest Trump indictment, the latest Trump scandal, the latest Trump truth on Truth Social. And then they're imagining in the most fervent terms how it could all go wrong for Trump. They've been engaged in this ongoing series of wishful thinking moments throughout the Trump presidency and now well into the Biden presidency. The walls were perpetually closing in while Trump was president. Really young people might forget that there was a lot of talk in 2017 that he wasn't going to Trump wasn't going to last the year because that was their wish. They wanted to get him dumped out. You know, like a pile of kitty litter. Now, uh, Laura Ingram let off the Ingram angle on Wednesday night, suggesting that CNN and MSNBC were so excited and they just can't hide it. They're about to lose control and they think they like it. <laughs> she also said they're aglow because they're expecting. This upset Jake Tapper on CNN. He mounted his high horse on Twitter. That's right, I'm saying Twitter. Tapper had to denounce Fox in these vituperative terms. Quote, I know facts are a tough concept for the 787.5 million defamation settlement channel. That's a mouthful. But in this piece, CNN journalists and commentators, including conservatives, stating facts, facts with asterisks about it, about Trump's legal issues, are falsely described as reveling in them. Wildly, characteristically dishonest. It is true that in uh, Ingram's video package, she did include Scott Jennings, uh, who is a uh, who's sort of a Kentucky Republican. So, yeah, he's not exactly wishing for Trump's demise. Although you could say, "Oh, he's a Mitch McConnell guy." You know, Mitch McConnell hates Trump, and if he really loved Trump, would he really be on CNN in the first place? But he, he certainly isn't Nicole Wallace. Uh, but, you know, Jake Tapper or his secret Twitter helper is just being a real jerk. He did thrill Tommy Christopher at Mediate, who's never found liberal bias he did not like. Tapper was obviously being self-defensive since his face was on her screen throughout the segment over the words humiliating themselves. Yeah, like, you know, remember the way that CNN and Tapper covered the Mueller report, the whole collusion investigation? They have no shame about that. The piece of Tapper show that Ingram aired was dry in tone. There was no big grins. That's not true of CNN in general over the last few days or months. 
But in the clips there on Fox, Nicole Wallace looked giddy and smiley. Lawrence O'Donnell sounded excited by the prospect of a Trump mugshot. This is what the Ingram Angle tweeted. Donald Trump will be fingerprinted. He will be photographed and end up with a mugshot. The very first presidential mugshot. These people are sick. How is a mugshot of the former president in any way necessary or in any way good for America? Are they really worried that he's going to disappear into the general population or that as a 2024 presidential candidate that he's going to try to leave the country, flee? I half expect him to push for bail to be set at a billion dollars. That'll show him. The sick fantasy never ends. Yeah, I think Laura is right that they are too excited about a mugshot. And Jake Tapper can say, you know, this is just a fact. He's going to have a mugshot. He might have a court date during the primaries. Yeah, but you're, I think we can all feel the way it sounds or sound the way it feels or smell what you're cooking. And that is there is an excitement in the air that Trump's going to go down or he'll go down the long way. He'll get nominated and he'll lose. And then he'll deny that loss. Anyway, you know, what may have offended Tapper most is that Ingram accused these leftist networks of being just like Trump. She said they are really accusing Trump of what they themselves are, just vengeful ideologues who revel in the humiliation and shame of others. Maybe Tapper's doing a better job than most in trying to contain the glee. But it seems to me, Tapper's just defending CNN. It's like, it's what he does. It's the way that he's like, I'm a team player. As we'll see as we explore the Tapper Irv here. But, you know, this whole thing about how CNN's just stating facts about Trump. There's been a lot of occasions where Tappers let wild allegations against Republicans just sit there. I think we all go back first and foremost in the Newsbusters headquarters to the Parkland Town Hall in 2018. Now, CNN and Tapper announced beforehand they were not going to try to do any fact-checking or a challenging in real time to grieving students and parents. Basically, this was one big emotional sharing moment, and we weren't going to question anybody's facts. And, of course, they did bring on Marco Rubio. Then they br did bring on Dana Lash, and they were both savagely attacked. And Jake Tapper's like, I'm fine with that. A snotty teenager from Parkland named Cameron Kasky told Senator Rubio, it's hard to look at you and not look down the barrel of an AR-15 and not look at Nicholas Cruz. But the point is, you're here and there are some people who are not. So somehow Rubio facially resembles an assassin of 17 people. Uh, this makes Cameron Kasky a teenage version of Keith Olbermann, who said, Kenneth Starr reminds me facially of Heinrich Himmler. 
Tapper just sat there. Also in 2018, Jake Tapper just sat back in his studio as Julia Yoffy, Toffee, what, how, I, I don't know exactly how to pronounce that. She said on CNN, I think this president, one of the things that really launched his presidential run is talking about Islamic radicalization. And this president has radicalized so many more people than ISIS ever did. Is that asterisk, facts, asterisk, Jake Tapper? In real time, CNN analyst David Urban, also sitting there on the set, said, Jake, for you not to push back on that is irresponsible. That's irresponsible. For her to say the President of the United States has radicalized more people than ISIS is irresponsible. And Tapper said, in reply, okay, you disagree with it. ISIS schmeisis, I guess. This is where when Jake Tapper gets on his most, on his highest horse about facts, these things can be thrown back at him. Curtis Houck put a bunch of these together. I've got a few more thanks to that. November 7, 2018. Tapper and Wolf Blitzer hailed Jim Acosta having a combative exchange with Trump. As Curtis wrote, they welcomed Acosta like a triumphant Captain America who took on the president as if he were Thanos in Infinity War. But Captain America actually won. Now Tapper explained Jim Acosta was being very aggressive, as is the job of a White House correspondent. Sure, that's what everybody is in the White House room now. They're all very aggressive like Jim Acosta. CNN couldn't even keep Jim Acosta on that beat. They had to hide him in the weekend coverage. It's Jim Acosta versus Al Sharpton. There's a battle of journalists. I mean, does anybody remember a CNN reporter upsetting Biden? Arlette Signs? I mean, are you kidding me? Actually, I looked for a minute. Biden snapped at Caitlin Collins in 2021 after he had had a summit with Putin. So let's ask. I couldn't find it. Did Jake Tapper get on Twitter and attack President Biden? How dare you when she was just asking a question? But with Acosta... Tapper said, President Trump did something that I've never seen an American president do, which is go on a personal rant against you for the questions you were attempting to ask. Yeah, which allowed Acosta to get up there and start swagging around. When they go low, we keep doing our jobs. Shut up! Jim Acosta goes low all the time. That's what he did with Trump. He screamed at him like a baby. He was unprofessional. And, you know, Tapper says, well, this is what we do. We pissed off President Obama. We pissed off President Bush. No. You may have upset them, but your goal was not to make them angry. Certainly not Obama. Jeff Zeleny's now at CNN. We all ask, remember him asking Obama, what's thrilled you in the first 100 days about being president? That's the real CNN energy when it comes to Obama and Biden. 
But Jake Tapper, and he suggested David Gregory, they were nothing like Acosta. You know, Jonathan Carl said this in real time. Now, yes, other reporters were jerks toward Trump. These reporters asking Trump like he had caused 50,000 COVID deaths and compared it to, I don't know, LBJ in Vietnam. That's a rude question. And what Jake Tapper is basically saying is a politician's never allowed to denounce you in the same way you've just suggested they're a mass murderer. This is the democracy. Let us repeat, in a free country, in a democracy, we're allowed to tell Jake Tapper he's full of beans. It is not against democracy to slam CNN, no matter how much Jim Acosta wants that to be the case. Back to the list. April 28, 2019. Jake Tapper tells White House Counselor Kellyanne Conway on State of the Union when she criticized the media as a pile of Democrats who are out to defeat Trump in 2020, he said, that's beneath you. How dare you suggest we're against Trump? <laughs> How dare you suggest we're for electing Biden as he stays in the basement? Now just pair that with later in the year, December, December 6, 2019. Tapper pussyfooted as Nancy Pelosi dismissed James Rosen of Sinclair at that point, now with Newsmax. Rosen had asked Pelosi if she hated Trump. Well, this is not a hard question. I think just listen to her talk. She hated that question. She said to Tapper, was that a reporter? Is that what reporters do? Is that what reporters do? Has she never watched Jim Acosta? Nancy Pelosi, wake up. Now, Tapper sort of interjected, oh, well, I'm not going to comment on that, but yes, it's a reporter with the Sinclair News. So, yeah, no comment on the reporters being jerks. We're good at that. In this case, Pelosi hated the question and the questioner. But Tapper just wanted to let her rant. This is the same guy who said Trump went on a personal rant against you for the questions you were attempting to ask. That's exactly what was happening with James Rosen. But Nancy Pelosi is not Trump. She's a Democrat. Everything is by different rules. Democrats attacking reporters, especially ones from Sinclair or Fox or Newsmax, fair game because on some level, CNN doesn't think those are real channels. Oh, 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 but th this is my favorite, by which I mean my unfavorite. Jake Tapper in a town hall with Nancy Pelosi. He is quite the sap in town halls. He brought up the newly nominated Supreme Court Justice Neil Gorsuch, asked Pelosi for her take. Well, she went on quite a rant. You know, Gorsuch come down on the side of corporate America versus class action suits on securities fraud. He's come down against employees' rights, clean air, clean water, food safety, safety and medicine and the rest. If you care about that for your children, he's not your guy. Gabby Gifford's group, 
The group for responsible solutions relating to gun safety said that. He comes down on the side of felons over gun safety. Now, he's, she's saying all this junk, and he's sitting there nodding along. There's no fact-checking in real time because it's Nancy Pelosi. She can talk for three minutes and say all kinds of gunk. Then she goes on and says, What saddens me the most as a mom and a grandmother is his hostility toward children in school, children with autism. And then, of course, she summarizes at the end of this. If you breathe air, drink water, eat food, take medicine, or in any other way interact with the courts, this is a very bad decision. Now, wouldn't it seem natural for Jake Tapper to go, um, excuse me, Madam Speaker, you're saying Gorsuch opposes breathable air, drinkable water, edible food, and medicine. In her answer, she uncorked this line twice. Tapper allowed it. He casually moved on. Uh, Ms. Pelosi, let's discuss whether, uh, whether uh, Justice Gorsuch or Justice nominee Gorsuch should get a hearing. Many Democrats think he should not get a hearing, like Merrick Garland. Because as we all know, Merrick Garland turned out to be very nonpartisan. March 31, 2019, Tapper told then-acting White House Chief of Staff Mick Mulvaney that he didn't know anybody who got anything wrong on the Trump-Russia probe. Yes, Mulvaney was making this point that, gosh, everybody was wrong on Mueller. And Tapper's like, other than people in the media on the left, not on this network, I don't know anybody who got anything wrong. <clears throat> Fact check pants on fire. The media lack humility. And they especially lack humility when they've been on a case for two and a half years like they were on Mueller. Now remember what happened when Mueller puts out a report. First of all, they all savagely went after Attorney General Barr for releasing a summary of the Mueller report. That was some sort of crime against humanity. And then when the report came out, it basically said the same thing that the summary did, and they just weren't happy. I mean, they went and found the passages that were slightly better for them. But the fact of the matter was, these people at CNN and MSNBC and all the other alphabet networks that weren't Fox, Fox isn't an alphabet network, but you get my drift, they all expected Mueller to indict Trump. That's one of the reasons they're so excited about the indictments this year. They missed the boat the last time. Mueller just didn't pull the trigger. So what did people get wrong about collusion? Well, let's turn to Washington Post media blogger Eric Wimple, who really hates Fox, but who has shown he is willing to examine what the liberal media got wrong on these Trump scandals. Wemple noted Tapper and three others wrongly predicted what former FBI, FBI Director James Comey would tell Congress. That Comey didn't reassure Trump he wasn't under investigation. 
CNN assigned four reporters to inaccurately predict testimony that was coming in a matter of hours. Wemple called that stupid news from CNN. Or the fraudulent item on Anthony Scaramucci and the Russians that got three CNN employees fired. CNN then issued a giant editor's note that the story, quote, did not meet CNN's editorial standards and has been retracted. CNN apologizes to Mr. Scaramucci. Jake Tapper doesn't remember that. Oh, 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 or CNN screwing up the dates on a WikiLeaks email to Donald Trump Jr. to make it sound criminal. When you look at the actual dates, there was nothing at all incriminating about it. After hours of breathless hype smearing the president's son, CNN had to issue an on-air correction read by Manu Raju. Then there's other things that aren't just mangling the facts. In 2020, Jake Tapper got extremely sensitive when Laura Trump said Biden is suffering from cognitive decline. Tapper repeatedly accused her of being insensitive to stutterers, even though Biden doesn't stutter anymore, he bumbles, he gaffs, he says stupid things, he sniffs people's hair, but he doesn't stutter. This, on Tapper's part, was just knee-jerk pro-Biden spin, plain and simple. It was not fact-checking in real time. See, at CNN, they don't really allow you to, to make those Republican narratives. You know, many, many people are concerned about Biden, you know, losing his noodle. Uh, you know, they would say, well, they tried that junk in 2020. It didn't work. Well, now you're he's running for reelection, saying he's going to be president till he's 86. Jake Tapper probably still thinks it's rude to try to say cognitive decline. There was one other thing I wanted to throw in here from Laura Ingram. She quoted Amanda Marcotte. Amanda Marcotte used to be one of our favorites because she's such a loon. We paid more attention to like Salon.com years ago. I think since Trump happened, you know, there's plenty of looniness on the so-called mainstream networks that we don't pay as much attention to Salon. What a kook festival. Uh, Amanda Marcotte was saying the idea of Trump being under house arrest or being deprived of his phone was somewhat unsatisfying. Amanda Marcotte wrote, it would be better for everyone if Trump actually loses his freedom after threatening people on Truth Social. This is the left. Is Jake Tapper going to say? Gosh, Amanda Marcotte's kind of losing it. No, he's not, because there are no enemies to the left. Now, speaking of People who get sensitive on CNN. Our Nick Night Train Fonda Caro tweeted out video of Jonah Goldberg, formerly of Fox News. Couldn't stand to be with Fox News anymore. Couldn't take Fox News money anymore. He's now taking CNN money. And he's going to knock small dollar campaign donors. But I just also think that we were dealing with a time where there were a lot of people, there was a, there was a lot of cheering and and self-congratulation about the rise of small donors a decade ago. And now small donors are actually one of the biggest problems for democracy, for the GOP, because 
Um, small donor, large donors actually have a strategic view about moderation, who can win, who can't. Small donors really are just venting their spleen with yep. their credit card, and, um, and they lock candidates into positions that can hurt them in a general election. Such an important point. He would not be a small dollar campaign donor with the kind of network money Jonah's been getting. This is a cartoon. This is a wild overgeneralization. Do we think George Soros trying to put all of his schmackers on John Kerry or whoever is all about moderation among Democrats? Do we think the dark money donors ripping the conservative justices of the Supreme Court are interested in moderation? But Goldberg then took uh, to the Los Angeles Times, wrote a column defending himself, attacking small donors as somehow ruining democracy. He said, candidates who depend on small donors tend to take more polarizing positions, in part because they don't care much about electability. They push their party to more extreme stances, making the party brand less appealing to moderates. Now, look, you could say some small donors, the, he's, what he means here, he said to Nick, Bernie Sanders, I don't like Bernie Sanders small donors. Well, obviously, and he doesn't like Donald Trump small donors. But what's wrong with polarizing positions in politics? I mean, and, and this is where he gets to be this annoying centrist voice. Well, you know, now it's one thing to say it pushes people to more extreme stances like denying elections, you know, denying an election defeat. That's an extreme stance. That's something you can decry. But, you know, owning the libs, you know, is not a terrible thing. You know, if you like a candidate because they're fierce toward the media, for example, that's not moderation. You can't attack CNN. You can't attack Jake Tapper. Am I imagining too much? Now, Jonah found an expert to say individual donors are the most ideological and polarizing sources of money flowing to campaigns. He adds, Democrats routinely waste millions on ideological blue state candidates in red states, Beto O'Rourke in Texas, Amy McGrath in Kentucky, who pander to the views of liberal out-of-state donors rather than more conservative but persuadable in-state voters. I would have to agree on that. That is a sound point. I would also point out, though, networks like CNN loved Beto O'Rourke in Texas and loved Amy McGrath in Kentucky. So to say, oh, small donors ruin things, well, CNN ruins things by your definition. Yes, there was a, there, I'm sure there was a lot of big money out-of-state donations for Beto O'Rourke and Amy McGrath. Because liberals hated Ted Cruz and liberals hate Mitch McConnell. You can say, oh, well, you know, there's a lot of out-of-state money sloshing into these races. And they lost anyway. Yeah, they did. In fact, Amy McGrath, they lost badly. Amy McGrath lost badly. And then Jonah says, on the right, small donations tend to flow to candidates and grifters vowing to wage war on the mythological all-powerful establishment. Now, this would be true if you're talking about, for example, the Bush Republicans. That would be the establishment. It's all the Republicans now 
who who came out against Trump. You know, that's the small donations. Now, again, he then mentions Carrie Lake. Carrie Lake promised to spend millions of dollars on court challenges, but barely spent a dollar for every 10 on the court challenges. Okay. That's a, that's an easy layup, you know. But, you know, it's, the again, the overarching criticism or cartoon. Small donations tend to flow to the extremists. Some people on Twitter were saying, well, what about small donors to your thing, the dispatch? Are they interested in moderation? Let's pander. You're not pandering to people who are giving you money? Look, everybody has a message. Some messages are moderate. Some are not. Some are more ideological than others. My concern for small donors has been the same for a long time. You know, I used to work when I first came to Washington, D.C., down in the basement in the phone bank fundraising for the Republican National Committee. Now, I don't think we were the professionals. I was fresh out of college. I think this was really more something they did to employ Republicans who just got to town. But you'd get on the phone with people, and they'd given $25, and you were supposed to ask them for $75, and then $50, and then go back to asking them for $25. And the $25 donors, a lot of times, they're not, they don't have a large income. And so you could be upset on behalf of small donors that somebody would take $25 from somebody who doesn't have a lot of money, you know, and pay themselves a, a, a big amounts like uh, Steve Schmidt. So he's got a really great looking kitchen on cable news. I mean, I can understand where people be, you know, watch when you give $25 to somebody, you know, you really do want to go, you know, to the cause. So, you know, I, I get that. But I just think Jonah was disparaging small donors as a class of Americans. And he shouldn't be upset that he got caught in that. And maybe he should rethink it. I know he's trying to make an elaborate case for what he sort of said quickly on television. He gave it more consideration. And it's not to say that the smallest donors in America are the most virtuous or the smartest, but basically you're suggesting that the smallest donors are ruining democracy. They're being too polarizing. Again, just sitting on the set of CNN and being against polarizing just makes no sense. It's just like Jake Tapper thinking they're the fact-based network that doesn't polarize. It's like, do you seriously not listen to the way that your network sounds? Uh, the, the pretense is amazing that they can both be somehow saving democracy and be perfectly objective and non-polarizing. you got to pick A or B, Jake. So, as we go into the weekend, big Newsbusters event here is the wedding of Curtis Houck to his beloved Allie. We're very excited for them. Uh, you know, if you want to wish him well on Twitter at Curtis Houck, please do. Uh, it's, it was fun. Just the other night, the group of us went to the Washington Nationals game. A bunch of current and former Newsbuster staff. Always a fun time. We actually love what we do. Some days it's exasperating. But we're here for you to make sure we're turning out the examples, the transcripts, the video 
to prove the news media is not fair and balanced. You already know that, but it's still got to be proven in every news cycle. That's why you come to Newsbusters once, twice, 24 times a day. Thanks for listening.